shot and a great save by Dane St. Clair. Shot by Matt DeRosa, and it's in! Matt DeRosa puts the Terps up 1-0. Staden coming forward now, he had two last week. He winds up the left-footed shot, it sneaks into the bottom corner. Bin outside the box, a shot with the right foot, and it's in! Paul Bin wins it for the Terps! Now Sadich plays inside the 18, the shot, and a goal for the Terps! Leaves it for Herbe, cutting it back to the middle, and it's in! Paul Bin gets the goal for Maryland. Elney has the room, he shoots it in! Maryland has a 1-0 lead on the goal from the senior, Sebastian Elney. Eli Cronali, the deep free kick, sent into the box now. Herve there, the back post, and it's through the legs and in! Donovan Bynes is claiming it as the 6-5 man does a cartwheel on the far side, doubling Maryland's lead. And that'll do it! Maryland's California dream have become a reality. For the first time in a decade, the Terps are national champions. Ladies and gentlemen, get on your feet and welcome your Ludwig Lowdown, featuring Brendan Hartlove and Tom Hendo. Welcome into the 10th episode of the Ludwig Lowdown, our Maryland men's soccer podcast here on WMUC Sports Radio. As always, I'm Brennan Hartlove, joined once again by Tom Hindle this time, back in the studio. Tom, And I'm back. absolutely back. I've taken a brief hiatus, Brendan. <laughs> but uh, come on, episode 10 for the milestone. You need me here, right? It's a big one. It's a big one. Um, and so we're going to kind of run down. We are going to recap the games uh, against Ohio State and Penn State. We're going to have an interview coming up with Maryland freshman goalkeeper, the first freshman to make his appearance on the podcast. Nicholas oh, yeah. Neumann, he is, you had to think about that for a second. He is the first freshman we've had. Um, so I will be actually sitting down with Nicholas later this afternoon. So this is a little bit backwards, kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit. Really um, matter that. Isn't yeah, it? so I, I cannot tell you exactly what we are going to talk about <laughs> yet. Um, c- completely honest, but uh, I, I plan on talking about um, kind of his life growing up in Germany, playing over there, his decision to come over to the United States, kind of like what we talked about with Johannes, um, and then kind of adapting to what's been kind of an interesting first season for him as a Absolutely. goalkeeper here so far. Um, and then when we come back, we are going to preview the game on Sunday versus Michigan. And since that is the last regular season game of the season, um, we're <laughs> then going to kind of run you through what the potential scenarios are for the Big Ten tournament and what the game Sunday could mean for the seeding, uh, the kind of if this, then that type of thing. And then we'll toss in a little bit of pro terps in the end because MLS, MLS Cup uh, has been decided. We have the teams and there are some terps in the mix. So, um, I normally kind of like to start with like a little bit of a tangent kind of thing. And oh, here we go. Se- well, it's not going to be long. Uh, several times throughout uh, the podcast, uh, the broadcasts that we do, I don't think any have made their way into your writing, but that's just kind of the nature of the situation. Um, <laughs> We're I, working on it. We are working on it. Uh, we've made several references to the comedian John Mulaney, who right. is uh, very popular right now. He was a writer on Saturday Night Live for many years. Now he's one of the best stand-up comedians and my personal favorite. Um, and I had the distinct pleasure of seeing him live at the Xfinity Center here on on campus uh, Wednesday night as part of the homecoming ceremonies. He came down and did a show, and it was phenomenal. And that was, and I, I tweeted about it, but that was really, honestly, not to be dramatic, one of my life's highlights because I, I'm a big fan of his. And I had not heard about him until 
freshman year when I got to campus. And I wasn't huge into stand-up comedy. I had seen a few. But then one of my friends was like, hey, Brennan, there's this there's this comedian, John Mulaney. He's, uh, he's also a, a kind of skinny, awkward white guy. I think you'd like him. And I was like, I'm not sure if I should be. like." And there's been several times where people have made likenesses between us. And so I checked him out. And he is by far my favorite. And so seeing him live was fantastic. Is it like looking in a slightly more funny mirror? Ouch, I think. I, I don't know. It is, honestly, mate, the, the similarities are uncanny. But anyway, go watch John Mulaney. Tell yeah, yeah, us yeah. what you think. Yeah. Yes, Brendan equals John Mulaney. And, and since we're recording this on Halloween, last year I was trying to figure out what I should be for Halloween. And all my roommates were like, oh, you should be John Mulaney. And we kind of paused for a second. I said, so I was like, what would that entail? And they were like, oh, you just you, you wear a suit and you, and you talk like him. I was like, all right, I am a broadcaster here on campus. A suit is my normal everyday attire, <laughs> and I have also been told that I talk like him already. So I was like, that doesn't seem like much of a costume. Well, either that or it's a really low effort and easy one to – it's a crowd pleaser. It is. It is a crowd pleaser. Just go up there and, and tell some of his jokes. But, yes, yeah, so I did get to see him. Joe Malfa was also there. You were not, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> Shane. Yeah. Did you really want to be – I kind of did, actually, to be honest. The tickets went very quickly. Yeah. But um, anyway, so now soccer. soccer one, we've made several of those references to his jokes and things like that throughout the course of the year. We got to see him live, so I'm sure there's going to be plenty more. Um, but now back to soccer after our regularly scheduled tangent. <laughs> um, so Maryland has played two games since the last podcast that we had. Um, it was Joe last time, right? Yes, it, it was, was Joe last time because you, yeah, you said you're, you're hiatus. Um, I was hiating. Sure. Um, so Maryland played uh, two road games in, in the past week. They went on the road to Columbus to play Ohio State and then just a short trip up the road to Penn State this past Tuesday. So we'll start with the game in Columbus in Ohio State. Uh, much more positive result for Maryland. And it was a, it was a pretty pretty kind of impressive result. So just kind of the way they played and compared to some of their other performances, they went on the road and got a pretty convincing victory. Yeah, and it was a, it was a different kind of Maryland performance. Uh, I wrote about this a bit, but you usually see a Maryland team looking to looking to build up, looking mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of work the ball through the midfield, down the wings, and then sort of generate a good opportunity. But uh, there, there was a bit more, bit of a sense of being more direct to Maryland's play. Mm -hmm. Eric Matzlevich and Justin Gielen in particular were getting really, really busy trying to win those first balls. But um, something, something we talked to Sasho about was uh, the idea of of like creating more in that final third. So you know the crosses, like a variation of opportunities, and that really worked out twice. So mm -hmm. in terms of his strategy coming together, it you know it was obviously a successful match. But in terms of a quote-unquote typical Maryland soccer yeah. performance it really wasn't but hey you take the win right yeah and so we kind of we kind of like to touch on like the lineup a little bit and it's uh, an unchanged lineup um and Eli Cronelli is still playing that central attacking midfielder role a yeah. little bit higher up the field that he's excelling in uh, I would say over the past few games he's been absolutely brilliant it's odd because they were talking a bit a lot about this on the Penn State broadcast the broadcasters there were saying that Eli Crignali is debatably Maryland's best six, which I think is eh, we can no. get into that. I, we I, can get into I'm that. I'm going to say no. Nick Richardson, who has proven that he is one of the best sixes in the nation, in that position. Continue. Yeah, N'Golo Conte, basically. But. He, he, Eric Maslovich did call him Maryland's N'Golo Conte. Right. But um, Crignali's transition to the 10 has been actually quite incredible. because and, he and seamless almost, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
the the way he works best and the way we've seen him operate best is, you know, like bring the ball under control, maybe a nice like turn or two, beat his man and then play a pass. Mm-hmm. And he, he works, he plays that way as an eight anyway. Yeah. So just playing in more advanced role has gotten him into some good goal scoring positions. Yeah. And so we, we saw he kind of, he was the one that provided the kind of final ball on that goal by Justin Gielan, which you said, very nice header. Um, and then it was a little, it was some back and forth throughout the middle of the game, a yeah. little bit of physical play. Um, both teams ended the game even on 13 shots, so it wasn't exactly like Maryland completely dominated the game. Um, Nicholas Neumann was called into action six times, and uh, Parker Siegfried for Ohio State was called into action four. And if I remember correctly, he made some decent saves, uh, Siegfried for, for Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so they go to halftime. Maryland's up one nothing. Uh, obviously looking to add the second, and they do, but they leave it a little bit late. Malcolm Johnson, who was kind of been the freshman phenom for Maryland this season, gets his goal in the 85th minute. Um, that was kind of just bounced around. Came out to him and he just fired it in. Yeah, it was, it was very, one of those. It was a very David Kovacic-esque goal, if you will, because <laughs> I feel like those are kind of the only goals Speaking uh, Kovacic scored. Speaking of freshman phenoms. Yes, exactly. Freshman phenoms. Freshman phenoms. There you go. Talking's hard. Words are hard. <laughs> um, so... Obviously, 85th minute, uh, they get the goal. They come out of Columbus with a 2 nothing win, and the um, kind of reaction from the team afterwards was, was fairly positive. Absolutely, and uh, we talked we talk to a, an elated Sasha Swarovski, yes. actually. I think that, that might have been, save for the Indiana win, the yeah. happiest he's been all season. Yeah. Because those road wins in rubbish conditions, in cold, are, are really difficult to come by. So that that's a, that's a gutsy performance, a yeah. proper gutsy performance. So. You know, after after Friday night, Maryland's on a real high. Yeah. yeah. Sash said, I'm very pleased with our performance today. Our goal was to come on the road and get a result against a good team, and it was mission accomplished. And I think that sums it up very, very well. And that was the quote I used to finish my article as well. There you go. Cute. Um, so, yes, Maryland gets the win over Ohio State. Uh, road victory for them. Now we'll transition to the game Tuesday because it was a different result um, up at Penn State, and that was one that obviously we were watching Ohio State for more of a a sign of how how Maryland is, but Penn State is one of the ones at the top of the Big Ten that you could see kind of in the Big Ten tournament, and this was a really interesting matchup because this again had Big Ten tournament implications. Absolutely, uh, Penn State's kind of uh, experienced a bit of a rebirth this year. Yeah. Um, Look, look like a, a very direct team, obviously, but also a very good one. They're they're big, they're physical, and they and they create in the final third. They love to win those first balls and then just sort of bombard the defense. And you saw them try and implement that strategy against Maryland as well, and obviously to to a degree of success. Yeah, and so when we kind of again we like to get you kind of the the lineup and what it was again unchanged it's been a very uh reliable lineup for maryland Absolutely. over the past few games that and they they got the j- job done early they scored in the 10th minute eli Cronali with a uh, i'm trying to find a new word because i've used so many for brian padilla's goal ben rosa's goal a bunch of them uh belter screamer whatever you want to call it it wasn't though it was it was weird though it had a touch of finesse to it yeah so it? that that's the thing like it wasn't as as powerful stunner i feel like stunner takes a little bit of the power off of it yeah we'll go with that for now yeah because i and i do we think it was a shot 
Yes. Okay, I Absolutely. do too. I do too because it was kind of from a little bit wider out and it kind of curled toward it curled into the back post. Yes. And so it looked like oh maybe it could have been missed kick, but then Eli's obviously going to say like it was well, and he was posting all over his Instagram story like it yeah. was a shot as well. Yeah. I mean, hey, take credit for it. I Absolutely, mean, that, I would. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so Maryland's up early, and that that's good. They're on the road. Uh, good from a Maryland perspective. They're they're on the road. They have that early goal, and we've talked so many times that it's so crucial for Maryland to get that first goal yeah. because if they go behind early or go behind at all, it's very difficult for them to come back and get the result. Absolutely. And so tenth minute, very positive. You have that goal. It was a great goal. Momentum is good. Uh, and they double their lead in the thirteenth minute. Moments later, really, from another Justin Geelan goal, who's starting to find his rhythm a little bit. And the Terps are up two nothing away on the road inside the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, and it was two excellent sweeping moves down that right hand side. Yeah. You saw, you saw it kind of start with with Benderosa right back, and then come into Nick Richardson, David Kovacic. It's like the whole centre midfield on that right hand side of the you know the lineup almost just being involved. And uh, whereas like this. This this Crognali goal was this beautiful like orchestrated cutback. It was mm-hmm. honestly spellbinding football for quite a bit. Yeah, Geelands was kind of this product of a similar move, then a bit of a deflection, and another deflection. Yeah, but you know you got the sense that wow, this really deserved a better finish. Product, than yeah, but hey, you know what? Like two two very well worked moves, two very well worked goals, and at two nil on the road. 77 minutes remaining and to be honest looking more like scoring a third than conceding yeah maryland you know you're laughing right yeah and so things were going very well for the terps for a while but then the tide kind of shifted a little bit before halftime 33rd minute uh penn state pulls one back through brandon hackenberg and uh, that kind of changed the the dynamic a little bit because then you're going into the locker room uh up two to one however you have two goals, but you only have two shots. Yeah. And Penn State had nine shots in that yeah. first half with one goal. So you can look at the scoreboard at halftime. Oh, Maryland's in the lead, but really that hasn't told the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Sasha Sarowski, you know, he responded really well to that. Um, Malcolm Johnson kind of walked off with a with a hip or a hamstring injury. It looked like um, about halfway through the first half. He noticed that, you know, that, that bombardment from Penn State on those long balls is yeah. really coming in hard. So he brought on Chris Rindoff, switched to a back three, three big centre-backs back there. And really, it was a lot of damage limitation for quite a while. You had the Terps kind of turning their back on these long balls, kind of misjudging them, very windy night, and um, kind of lucky not to concede uh, earlier than they did, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, nine shots were really, really nervous last half an hour or so of the first half, and yeah. perhaps lucky to, to still be leading at the break. You talked about the conditions. I'm just thinking, has Maryland played in a away game this season or it hasn't been awful conditions on the road? Um, Ohio State was frigid but not terrible. Yeah. UCLA was warm. Yeah, that's okay, that's fair. It was a nice it was a nice slightly smoky California evening. <laughs> See, I can make that joke. You can, being from California. Exactly. That's a fire take, Tom. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> a- any anyway, back back to the game. Um, I, I will I will continue while you compose yourself. Um, so two uh, one at the break, but ten minutes out of halftime, Penn State levels it through a goal from Kyle May um, in the 56th minute, and uh, your Maryland's two goal lead has evaporated. You know the old cliche: two 0 lead is the most dangerous lead. Yes, Thank exactly. You. So, um, and it it was, and it evaporated. 
Yeah, and on that Kyle Magal, um, great controversy. Yes. Uh, so there was uh, there was kind of an odd moment where the ball's kind of bouncing around in the box, and it looked like um, Brett St. Martin may have been kind of hacked down by a kind of a flailing Penn State leg yeah. there, to be honest. Everyone's sort of hacking at this loose ball. Brett St. Martin had, like, his leg kind of caught as he was moving across. Yeah. It was one of those things. You're in like a bundle of bodies, and maybe there's a penalty there. And I think a scrum, if you will, a scrum, very nice. <laughs> and um, you know, a, a few tops really at the back sort of stopped and appealed. Yeah. And maybe you know, if they don't, they could get across, maybe block that shot. But full credit to May, to be honest, because it was a really good finish to yeah. find the bottom corner. And so my my situation watching the game was a little interesting because I technically had class while this was going on, um, but that did not <laughs> stop me from doing my. Jo- journalistic a, you know duties. I mean. It's not a job. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was watching the game, and there was there was a time where I actually had to do something in class. Oh. I came back. I know, the nerve. And What's so I came back, and I'm looking, and it was kind of like as this was unfolding. And so, like, I saw that they had scored, and I had to look away for a second. I came back, and I see that they're reviewing something. And I'm watching the replay. I obviously can't hear what the announcers are saying. Sure. And I'm just kind of watching like, what what exactly are they looking for here? Because for a while, I was not able to tell. I was like, there's no handball. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't any, like, very clear foul or offside or anything. Um, well, you can't review offside, but you know what I mean. Um, offside? You know what? Never mind. Um, <laughs> and so we had enough tangents. And so, but then I, I figured it out, and I was like, I don't think there's much in that, really. Um, again, like, I didn't see the play, like, live, live. I did see several replays and didn't necessarily have the context from the from the announcers. But, um, yeah, a little bit of controversy there. But in the end, it's 2-2, and Maryland is in essentially a new game. Yeah. Um, and so it goes into overtime. However, in that second half, Maryland, who only had two shots in the first half, has 10 in the second and Penn yeah. State has 11. Looking at the, sh- the final shot total, it's actually it's really quite something. Um, Maryland also had eight corner kicks in the second half as well, compared to zero in the first. And we've seen yeah. them on set pieces, either on the first one or the second ball. They've had some success, um, but weren't able to turn any of those in as well. And a total of 25 fouls in that game as well. So My gosh. Yeah. Scrappy, scrappy, scrappy. Little scrappy. So it goes into overtime, and it's 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 very back and forth. Yeah. I think Penn State Penn State's pushing up a lot because yeah. obviously they've got – whereas Maryland doesn't really have a shot, obviously, at this point of winning the Big Ten Correct. regular season title, Penn State really wants that. So they're pushing men forward like it's nobody's business. Yep. And they're leaving a lot of space in behind. That high line keeps getting higher and higher and higher. Mm-hmm. And Maryland really had a couple of good chances there. Eric Matsalevich kind of being sent into that space. Um, and then, But to be honest, Chris Shakes, the Penn State goalie, had an absolute blinder. He was fantastic. He made some brilliant saves. But it looked like kind of in that, yeah, like you said, back and forth is a perfect way of putting it. Because really after Maryland kind of looking like conceding, either either team could have found a winner there. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, the way Sasha puts it is they made one more play than us. Yep. And in the 100th minute of that game, that one more play was made. Christian slowed getting the decisive goal for Penn State. That gives the Nittany Lions the 3-2 to two victory. And you exhale deeply. I think that was kind of the general feeling in what was, it was disappointment after the game. And it was um, just, it was deflating. Yeah. Morally Physically, you saw so many of the guys after the game just kind of collapse down on the field, um, and it really was just kind of 
it was a tough one to take for Maryland. Yeah, and I mean, on that last goal, I think just as Sloan was hitting it, a Maryland player, looked, I didn't catch who, who looked like he might have been able to block the shot, just lost his footing yep. slightly. Yeah. And it was like, that's how that's how close yeah. you were. Yeah. So um, I got some weird looks by the people in my class that night once <laughs> once that goal went in. Because um, they had not necessarily seen me like that before. But uh, it happens. So Brendan's it, sad. I, it, I can't say sad because I am supposed to be like un biased media yet here we are talking about a maryland men's soccer podcast that i started um but it it was surprised surprised uh and deflating it it was deflating to watch for them kind of in a weird yeah vicarious i I don't really know how to explain it um as a soccer fan it's really yeah it is it is odd to see a team lose like in kind of almost a heartbreaking fashion yes yeah exactly unless liverpool beats them in which case (laughs) Empathy, I think, is what I was yes, feeling. There we um, go. I think that's that's the right word. Um, and so a very split week, uh, figuratively and literally, for uh, Maryland getting the result on the road against Ohio State, and then kind of that deflating loss to Penn State. And when you kind of before we get to the interview, when you kind of look at those two results, what are some of the takeaways that you found uh, positively, negatively, as we head maybe towards that last game of the season? So the one constant across the two is that teams love to play long balls against Maryland. Yeah, You've seen Georgetown and Virginia maybe build up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the most effective way to undo them for 90 minutes has been that long ball. Yeah. And against Ohio State, they dealt with it. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they gave up some chances, but for the most part, scoreboard, right? Yep. Against Penn State, they really didn't. They really didn't. So to me, that's going to be that's going to be the biggest thing, both in the Big Ten tournament mm-hmm. and then in the NCAA's. If you're playing a team that's just going to hoof balls long on you, then Sasha's got to kind of go to the drawing board here yeah. and figure out how you're going to stop that. Mm. Um, but in terms of positives, I think I think the biggest takeaway is number one how excellent Nick Richardson continues to yeah. look. No matter what style of play he is, or I mean, from the opposing team, right? Correct. He will always have chances to win balls. He is a phenomenal tackler, and he knows how to pick a pass. That kid is going to be great for the next three years. Yeah. And then um, Eli Crignale as well in the ten. That's mm-hmm. that's my other big positive. He's getting assists. He's obviously scoring. He's playing like the confident player that he can be. Yeah. So long balls bad. <laughs> yeah. Nick Richardson and Eli Crignale good. And then it's just. For Maryland, can you put together a 90 minutes in which you 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 know you kind of have the the skill and the and the performance from those two key players, mm-hmm. and then also just defend to your full ability? And I don't think we've quite seen that against a team that likes to hoof balls up, you know. Yeah. And so you can also kind of look if if I'm able to take one. Um, you kind of look at Justin Geelan coming into his own a little bit over the past few games as well. And not not necessarily that he was playing poorly at the beginning of the season, but now he, he's kind of, we talked about trying to replace, you can't replace Sebastian Elliott, but the guy that's going to step into that role, and Eric Matzlevich is that guy. And yes, he has four goals in the season, but he hasn't scored since Indiana, excuse me. And now you have back-to-back goals uh, for Justin Geelan. He also had the one against Michigan State. And so he's only scored on the road. Which has been great for Maryland's sake. Kind of funny. Um, yeah, so um, local guy only scoring on the road, That's but kind of funny, l- yeah. l- little backwards. Um, but I think kind of, especially because he's been playing on that wing, and it's not exactly his natural position. Um, but he's still now kind of finding a way to to contribute to the offense and kind of get that production. Yeah, absolutely. And I um, I asked Justin about that last week, 
and he'd kind of said, yeah, it was a new position, it was a bit of an adjustment, but I really feel like I'm learning it now. I think for a while you've seen also Maryland playing like a 4-2-3-1, yeah. so he's playing almost more like a right mid than mm-hmm. he is a right winger, and his defensive work has been great as well, yeah. really willing to put in a shift and come up and down the wing. And really as a pure number nine, mm-hmm. adjusting to that, he's been one of the, just in terms of grit, one of the highlights of Maryland's season. For and sure. to be honest, it's it's great that he's getting on the board as well now. Yeah, and it's kind of that, that work paying off. And he's had some tough tests because as kind of that winger, you said he has those defensive responsibilities. And you see teams more and more throughout the, the nation having those attacking fullbacks that that becomes the responsibility of the winger, really, because yeah. they're the ones having to track back and deal with that. We saw Andrew Gutman last year. He's just kind of that, that archetype. Yeah, he's kind of that archetype guy that you, you look at as now this guy has um, some more responsibilities yeah. being out being out on the wing. So, yeah. Um, there's our recap over uh, the games against Ohio State and Penn State, a few of our takeaways. And following uh, this next brief uh, segment, we're going to, as I said, preview Michigan and then give you kind of your Big Ten tournament scenarios. But first, we welcome the first freshman onto the podcast, and he's a guy that's had a very significant impact on Maryland season so far. Um, it, it was still to be determined at the beginning of the year, but he's kind of made his spot in his own, and that's goalkeeper Nicholas Neumann, who I'm pretty sure we are now saying his name right, but I'm going to make sure from him, from the source, that we are now saying his name right because it may end up being pronounced for a third different way, <laughs> which happened last year with Venetius Lansad Lance. No, it was we, there was three different ways that we ended okay. up pronouncing his name. It was Lansad, Lansade, and Lansade. It kind of evolved into a very American thing that we were told to say at the end of the year. Did I never people just call him Vinny at some point? Yeah, but I can't do that on a broadcast. Oh, yeah, fair. I, it just does, that doesn't work. I have Place to have to these. Down yeah. the line. I mean, I mean that would be kind of cool, honestly. That sounded nothing like you, but it, anyway. it didn't. I appreciate the effort, though. Thanks, um, and we Never mind. Um, <laughs> we tried doing impressions of each other the other night. It did not, did not go too well. No, it didn't. Um, so, anyways, now here is the interview with freshman German goalkeeper Nicholas Neumann. Now joined by Maryland freshman goalkeeper Nicholas Neumann. And Nicholas, first of all, I want to get something straight. Because at the beginning of the season, I was told your last name was pronounced Newman. And I've been corrected to Neumann. And both of those came from Taylor, the SID. So (laughs) what is the actual – how would you actually say your name? How would you like me to say your name? The actual version of it is Neumann. Okay, Neumann. I think there's a lot of American people translated into Newman because, like, in Germany it's – like the same meaning of it, like Neumann yeah. means the same thing, like Neumann, mm-hmm. but like correctly it would be spelled Neumann. Okay, cool. So I, so I have it right now, <laughs> Neumann, and it kind of exactly. emphasis on, on the end a little bit. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Only took me to the last regular season game of the of Yeah, the in, the, in the beginning I was too focused when the, like the <laughs> presentations before the game were, so I couldn't really like hear the mistake, and then yeah. Taylor just showed up and asked me, you know, some people said like it's pronounced a little bit differently, so yeah. I was like... Oh, whatever. I'm fine. I'm I'm too focused when the game starts to. <laughs> well, that, well, that's a good thing to be focused that. on because that's a, that's that's something we've had. Like I know I've been told it's David Kovacic, um, yeah. but there's everybody says it. Different. Yeah, it's so, it's difficult with the European names sometimes, yeah. especially with German. I think German is a that, is a that is that language. is a tough one. It was interesting because like at the beginning of the year we're going through them and I had to ask Eric Matzlevich. Like I knew what it was, but I wanted to make sure. And like I mean, he's been here, so it was just kind of fun. And I wanted to make sure I had it yeah. right for your sake. All good, um, because I have two two more years here, and so <laughs> I'll have it next year. Perfect. Um, so you are a freshman, and this is your first time in the United States at, at exactly. Lang. Um, so kind of wa- walk me through what 
it was like growing up playing in Germany and kind of your childhood? Because you played for a lot of clubs over there. Exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, I grew up in a family that is, um, yeah, a big fan of, of the sport soccer. My father was a goalkeeper as well. So that put me kind of into it. And uh, I started really early playing soccer. I think I was like three or four years old and like just started in the yeah, in the garden, like in the backyard, just playing with my father, playing with my friends. It was always about soccer. Like that was pretty much everything I, I did all my childhood long. And yeah, I stick to it. I When I was 12 or 13, people recognized that I got a, a talent in it. And uh, yeah, then I was looking to, you know, bring the game to the, to the next level. And because I'm from a region in Germany where not a lot of big clubs are um, and where a lot of not, like, not really good academy is. So I knew pretty early in my life that I have to um, yeah, live somewhere else in order to, you know, follow my dream and become a better player. So when I was um, 14 years old, I decided to move to a boarding school, hmm. um, to a soccer academy, um, to develop my game over there and bring it on the next level. And that, uh, yeah, make you grow up pretty fast when you have to leave your parents behind when you're 14 years old and all the stuff like that that comes with it to, like, live on your own and all that. But, uh, yeah, I, I really love soccer. I'm really enjoying it. It's my, it's my passion. It brings me the most joy in my life. So... It was never really that I thought about, wow, I'm sacrificing so much for it. It was just, it makes me so much fun, so I want to get better and better. And then, I mean, a lot of people will probably be a little bit scared when you come to the U.S., new country, like so far away from home, new language, you know, nobody. But for me, it was always, I got something over here. I got still my soccer. It's still the same thing. Like when I'm on the pitch, it's still the same, even though it's a different language and different people, but yeah. it's kind of still the same. So I was always happy for that and didn't really thought about it as a sacrifice or something. Yeah, soccer is... It's universal, and it doesn't matter. Definitely, what, what and that's that's just really nice to see all over the world that you can, you know, travel around, go in every in every country, and you will still find people who love soccer, who love playing it, and that's a it's a funny thing to see. Yeah. So you you played for a bunch of clubs over in Germany, and then what kind of brought you brought you to the United States? What was kind of the? I actually this might be a possibility, might be something I want to do. Exactly. So I was always already interested in living in the United States when I was 14 years old. So I tried to make like a year in high school over here, and then got the request for yeah moving to the to the boarding school and playing for the academy. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna go to the to the US. I'm gonna focus on my soccer thing. I'm gonna stay in Germany. Um, yeah, and then it's in Germany really, really difficult to reach in a young age, like the top level to come to the Bundesliga and play as a, as a young goalkeeper, especially I think as a goalkeeper, it takes you a little bit longer to really come to that level because you need such, so like need so much experience. Um, so yeah, I was always not only focusing on my soccer path, I always wanted to have a plan B. So I wanted to get a good education as well. And in Germany, if you want to play on a really high level in soccer, it's really, really difficult to get your education done as well. So you have to make a decision. You have to focus on the one thing, either playing soccer or doing your academics in Germany. And I didn't really want to make that decision because I always wanted to have both. Um, so therefore, the U.S. Is a, is a great opportunity to get your academics done and play soccer on a really high level as well. Therefore, when I heard about that, that you can actually do that in the American States, I was really interested to to come here. And so that, that's kind of the same thing Johannes talked about is that he, he was he was trying to like do classes like on his laptop then would have to drive to Berlin to take his exams yeah. and um, so I asked this to everybody but it's especially relevant to you why Maryland what what brought you because you, you're in Germany and uh, it, Maryland's not exactly like well known throughout the world like California New York anything yeah, like that true. so why why in Maryland why come to College Park um, so first of all 
I didn't really knew anything about that whole college thing in general, so I never really heard about like how big actually universities are over here and how big like the the sports are as well and what is behind that. So when I was, I think it was 17, I think two years ago, um, I played with that Canadian Academy um, over here. That was a really, really random story. Maybe we come back to that later. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I played for a Canadian Academy like 10 days and we actually played against Maryland. And uh, yeah, even though I think we lost six or seven zero, I did pretty well, even though concerning a lot of goals. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I saw some other universities as well, but I think the soccer culture over here is something really, really special. Um, I mean, it's my first season. It's my first time in the United States as well. But everything I've seen so far is not comparable to what is happening over here at Ludwig on a game day. Yeah. It's a really special experience, and I, I really enjoyed And uh, yeah, from the first time I talked to the coaches, talked to the teammates, when I went on my recruiting visit, it was just um, yeah, a really nice experience. I feel really comfortable with all the people. I had the feeling that they really wanted to you know, have me over here. And that I yeah made friends really easily. I remember when I was on my recruiting visit, the guys already asked me if I want to live with them together and all that. So I was really, really happy. And I really saw that there are a bunch of great people over here. So um, I was not even scared when I came here because I already knew you're going to be like a lot of really nice people. So that would pretty much, yeah, made me made me come over here. That's great. So, okay, Canadian Soccer Club. What, yeah. what was that? How? So um, I had a tryout for Borussia Mönchengladbach a couple of years ago. Um, and yeah, I decided to some to go to a different way or join a different club than Gladbach. Um, but the coach remembered that I said to him, maybe some at some point in my life I want to play in the in the United States. So then uh, academy from Canada um, that cooperates with FC Porto, their goalkeeper were injured and they needed a new goalkeeper for a ten day trip to the United States to play some colleges, and he was a friend of that goalkeeping coach in Gladbach. So he called him and asked him for a player, if he can, like, borrow him a player. <laughs> and he just said, I need all my guys because we are in season right now. But I know this one guy who was here for a couple of days, maybe he is interested. And then they called me uh, on a Friday. I didn't have a passport. I didn't have a credit card or something. And seven days after, I sat in the plane and flied my first time to the United States. Wow. And now now I'm here. So that's, uh, yeah, it's a really, that's crazy. really crazy story if you think about it. Yeah. That's that must have been a very weird phone call to get. Hey, you want to come Definitely. play for a Canadian team in the U.S.? <laughs> like, will, who is this? Yeah, I, I will <laughs> never forget that. I was uh, in, a, in a history class, and uh, I was my phone was just popping up all the time, and I get, received calls after calls, and I said, um, excuse me, I think it's it's urgent. I, I think I have to call back. Yeah. And I called back, and he was like, yeah. First of all, started talking English. I was like, okay, well, what's going on here? <laughs> and then he just said, yeah, um, we look for a goalkeeper um, for the Canadian Academy. It's a 10-day trip if you want to. And I was like... Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll take that risk. Uh, I want to. I want to see the States. It's going to be a nice experience. And I didn't even have the mindset, okay, hopefully I'm going to get a lot of scholarships out of it. I was just like in the moment, just, okay, sounds good. I want to yeah, add that to my experience. I want to play and yeah. sounds good. So- sounds like a fun yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So was that, I was going to ask you how kind of Sasha and the coaching yeah. staff discovered you. Was it playing against Maryland for like that game? Exactly. So I played against, uh, played against Maryland. I did pretty well. Um, the coaches recognized that and remembered that. And then when Dane decided to go pro, they needed a new goalkeeper. They were sure that they want to add some somebody to the roster on that spot. Um, and they they already had like still remembered my name and still remembered me. Um, yeah, so we started talking. We started um, having phone calls and all that. And then Jake Pace, the assistant coach, came came to Germany to watch me one more time. 
uh, to talk to me about all that and explain it to me and my family a little bit more detailed. Um, yeah, and then I went on my recruiting visit, um, watched the, the university once more again, and then I made the decision to, to come over here. Yeah. So what what month did that decision get made? Because um, it was kind of late, right? Yeah, it was it was pretty late. Like, I thought it would be early, but I, I've heard now that a lot of people commit really, really, like, two years in advance yeah, or something. So I committed, I think it was around March or April. Hmm. So therefore, yeah, pretty pretty late, like three months before, before I came here. And so, mm. when did you m- leave Germany to come here to kind of to kind of stay here? Yeah, when, the, when did that go down? That was the twenty sixth of June. So, okay. due to the reason that um, my that I'm an international, I had to took a English class in the summer over here hmm. to get uh, prepared for the for the yeah English setting in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So that prepared me for that pretty well. And therefore, I joined a little bit earlier, even though the preseason just started in the beginning of August. But I. I wanted to feel really comfortable before the preseason starts, so yeah. that I'm I'm just comfortable. I know my teammates, I know my the people around me, and all that, so that I can really like play well. Because it, for me, it's important that I feel comfortable with the guys around me, so that I don't have to worry about anything. I can just focus on playing and enjoy it. Yeah. So, what was it kind of like walking out for the first day of preseason? You're actually finally able to take the field with the guys. Yeah, that was that was awesome because. Uh, even though, like, even though um, I already saw the guys on the recruiting visit, you just, you know, on the sideline watching it. Then you commit, so you watch. Like, I, for example, that I watched all the games of the guys on YouTube <laughs> and like all that kind of stuff, just to, you know, prepare myself and see what's what's going on. So yeah, I was really like into it. And uh, to that time, I already were in off season for like four, five, six weeks. And for me, it's it's pretty tough to have like a couple of days <laughs> off without playing soccer. Like, so normally. When uh, when we got off season after a week, it starts to get too boring. So <laughs> I just you know play pickup or start doing something like that. So the first time when we actually started preseason was an amazing feeling to be back on the pitch. And then yeah, after a couple of days, just to recognize that you can play in the United States as well. That's no problem to step on the pitch in a different country and just to play your game. So that was a, a really great experience. And so when when I talked to Johannes, he said that when he was making the decision to come over, he had talked to Gordon Wilde, who was a German player uh, that had played ahead of him. Did you have any conversations with Johannes yeah, before you got here? What exactly. was that? What was that like? Um, so as soon as I made the decision um, that I want to come here, um, Jake provided me the contact information of Johannes. So uh, first of all, I was really really glad that uh, another German is on that teammate because, especially in the beginning, talking English is is not that easy. We talked about it earlier that. Yeah. Um, I had English in school, so I took English a couple uh, of years, but it's still something different when you actually speak it in that country because people got an accent, mm-hmm. uh, people got a slang and say <laughs> just words you don't learn in in a in a classroom setting. Yeah. Um. So therefore, it was really good to have somebody where you can speak German to and explain you some things. And even though, or even especially because he's a senior, he knows already so much, like how it really is over here and what you what to expect and what you have to watch out for. That was that was really helpful. So I just. As soon as Jake got me the his phone number, I was just uh, reaching out to him, and we just had a good conversation. And he just uh, on my recruiting visit as well, just um, yeah, meet me and just explained me, showed me the campus. So he did a he did a great job, and I'm really thankful for his help because I don't yeah seem th- or I don't take that for granted that a player, um, a senior, just you know takes his time for another for another play and just showed him around. I was always really really happy for that. That's great. And so you mentioned when you were learning English and coming over here and, and the slang. So is there any that we can say on air without getting in trouble? Is there any slang that you learned or your teammates taught you that you didn't know coming in that was that was maybe weird or, or you use a lot now? Mm, 
I would say in general, it's just um, the the cho the word of like the choices of words you make. Like I think in the beginning when I went here, um, I I used the same English language as I would use in a classroom, so I always like kind of sounded really <laughs> formal. Yeah. And I think now over over the time now I'm here for for what three months or something, um, I'm getting more used to the English they speak, and I just try to like copy it and just you know pick something up and then. Yeah. Um, added to your vocabulary so I think my English becomes a little bit more laid back and yeah. a little bit more um, like the actual English over years even though I still probably got a pretty heavy accent eh, it's not <laughs> as bad as you might think okay. so um, yeah because I've heard like when, when you're when you're learning a language the best way to actually kind of like learn it is to immerse yourself in that culture and actually go exactly. there and, and yeah. try, that's what so. I try to do so when I committed uh, in, in April from that point I only started like watching TV on English and listening to English music and all that mm -hmm. so that I can get prepared for that mm -hmm. because uh, it's definitely not easy to to listen to it and to speak to it because Americans think that the person they talk to is American as well so they most of the time talk pretty fast Yeah. and when you learn English in Germany everybody knows that you are not a native speaker so they're so really yeah. slowly yeah. and all that so in the beginning uh, I had to make sure. Hey, I'm a German. I'm a foreign. Can you speak yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. slower? <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I'm I'm uh, I'm in a good position to understand pretty much pretty much everything in a conversation. And if not, I'm just I'm just asking. And people are really really uh, polite over here, really friendly. So whenever they hear me talking, they ask for my for my like they know that I have an accent and ask me where I come from. And we have a nice nice conversation. So so it's a really nice setting. I really enjoy the open mindedness and. Uh, the people over here in the states not only my team like also the people around it in the in the college i've met so far and so before we get to some of those fun like kind of random questions i want to ask you kind of about this season because uh it's been a very exciting season for you guys Definitely. and so when you guys came into camp you were kind of battling with russ for that that number one spot what was that kind of that competition like because i i know what it's like between goalkeepers it's, it's very healthy competition but there's only one spot on the field at the end of the day so yeah. what was that kind of like going through preseason then those first few weeks so first of all me and russell are are great friends on the pitch and off the pitch it's more like a competition where we push each other so nobody yeah wants to be rude to each other and just gets the spot because he does something i want to get the spot because i'm better than the other person is mm -hmm. so we always understood that and pushed each other and just you know figured it out um and that's something i really really appreciated also before games i know that it's not easy as a goalkeeper when you're not playing and you do the warm-up and then you have to sit down on the bench but that russell is still a person who comes to me and really wishes me best of luck for the game and don't just say it because you really you know, there's a meaning behind it, and I really appreciate that. So that's something I, I really appreciate about Russell. I think he's a he's a great guy. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a competitor. I want to play definitely. I, I talked about it earlier that it's yeah, what brings me the biggest joy in my life is soccer. So therefore, I don't want to you know sit on the sideline and watch the game. I want to be in it. I want to be engaged. Um, so yeah, therefore, was always competitive during the preseason. Um, you always wanted to give your best in every practice and every game, and uh, use your chance. And yeah, I think I I did that pretty well. Yeah, and so there was when you started doing that. I I want to go to your because we talked about it and you showed me the pictures on your phone. Your that eye injury you picked up, um, that was just brutal. Yeah, it was. It was uh, so so for for people that might not remember or didn't see it, what happened and then what happened afterwards. <laughs> so uh, it was the Villa Villanova game, right? I think so. Or, yeah. Or Northwestern. I'm not I'm not sure anymore. Um, I don't either. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just three or four minutes into the game. Mm -hmm. uh, Cross is coming in, and I try to fist it away. And the striker of their team, yeah, just runs into me, jumps into me, and instead of heading the ball, he hits me right on my eyebrow. So my eyebrow uh, kind of explodes, <laughs> to say so. 
Um, yeah, and I had a pretty deep and heavy cut. Needed to get 12 stitches um, right in our trailer, right off the pitch Oof. with the Dr. Catherine. She did a, she did a great job. Uh, you can probably witness it. You can't even really you see the tell. scar even no. more, even though it was like 12 stitches. Yeah. So th they did a great job on it. And uh, yeah, and then I, I was trying to, to play the second <laughs> half, actually. I was numbed and all that. I got 12 stitches in. But uh, yeah, then the eye was starting to swollen yeah. and, and I couldn't really see, so I had to, to cancel it. Yeah. But yeah, that was it was a tough injury. It was actually my first time I got a cut into a game. Really? So uh, yeah, that was I just went down and I saw all the blood on my on my Ooh. shirt and on my gloves. So I was like, oh, you probably got me good. Yeah. So, yeah. Goalkeeper is a tough position to play with only one eye. Definitely. So. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need <laughs> you both. Need both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was brutal, but it looks great now. I can't yeah. even tell. Um, so now let's let's move into some of those random kind of off the field things that that everybody seems to enjoy. So normally I ask, uh, and I mean I still will ask, like favorite movie, favorite TV show. But you mentioned that you started watching things in English to kind of learn English. Yeah. So maybe what was your favorite movie in English that you watch, or is your mm. favorite movie? How I Met Your Mother, probably. Yeah? Yeah. I watched it twice. I watched it, uh, first of all, when I was younger in German. Mm -hmm. And then I started to watch it in English. And I think it's way better in English because the jokes <laughs> are better. Yeah. Um, sometimes when you translate jokes, it ain't that funny anymore. <laughs> and once you get to a level where you can actually understand it in English, it was really, really funny. And I think yeah. also the, the actors just do a better job um, in English, in the English language just to pronounce things right. So I really enjoyed How I Met Your Mother watching twice and then the first time watching it in English. That was that was great. Do you have a favorite character from How I Met Your Mother? Uh, probably Barney. Good choice. Yeah, I'll go with Barney. Very, very <laughs> good choice. High five. There you go. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, sorry. <laughs> um, so m music. And again, I know there's, there's a lot of popular German music, stuff like that. So do you have favorite music in German or in English or just what is on your playlist? So uh, in general, I think people in Germany also enjoy um, listening to, to English music. Mm -hmm. um, so when you take a look at the top 100 charts in in germany that you will always find a, a lot of english songs as well mm -hmm. just because i think like the one of the, like the most greatest singers come from there from america um so music i really enjoy now um because of my understanding of english is way better is rap music or hip-hop music um just because back in germany it was really really difficult to understand rap music because they're talking so fast yeah. and using a lot of slang and all that so most of the time I was just sitting with the lyrics on my phone, just <laughs> reading through it, what he's, what he's actually saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now I finally understand it. So if I have to pick um, one of my favorite hip-hop artists, it's probably ASAP Rocky. Mm -hmm. I like that music a lot. I really enjoy that. So that's something I, yeah, yeah. I would would tag as my favorite music. It's hard to enjoy music when there's reading involved. That, exactly. that feels like something yeah. that should not be part of it. So finally I can just listen to it, you know, sit on a Enjoy sit for what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um when you got here, did you have to sing a karaoke song? <coughs> uh I just did it on the on the bus. Really? I, yeah. How did we when we went back from uh, from the Penn State game. Oh wow. I mean it's always you know, you sit in the bus, you just lost a game where you were two up. Mm -hmm. Um so I think it was a there was a good um opportunity to, you know, let me let me sing in the bus there because <laughs> it kind of is funny so everybody you know starts smiling again and yeah for sure you you should be sad a little bit about that you lost that game but it's also important that you just in your mind okay i agree or like i accept that i accept that now mm -hmm. and just focus on the next game so therefore it was a good opportunity and us saying um we will rock you from queens that's was, good. That was pretty fun. That's good. What did the guys think? Uh, I think it was okay. I uh, missed a little bit up on the on the lyrics. Eh. I missed. Uh, I mean, the "We Will Rock You" part was yeah. easy, but then the <laughs> you know the 
the other lyrics were kind of difficult, but uh, yeah, I did a, I did a okay job. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> so who would you say is maybe the best singer on the team? And you, again, with any of these questions, you can yeah. say yourself if you think mm, so. Nah, I think I, I can take <laughs> I can take myself there. Um, I was actually really surprised by Luke Brown. Yeah, Luke Brown did a great job. He sang uh, "Stand By Me." Wow, that was uh, yeah, it was a good performance. W- was this all on the bus from the way yeah, home? Okay. Yeah, okay. I have to, I have to admire that. It was a that was a really good song. Huh. And he, he got a good voice. He can, he can sing. Yeah. I mean, I only heard the the freshmen and Luke Brown. Yeah. Singing, um, so far, but uh, so from all that what I heard so far, it's it's the Luke Brown. Who who is maybe the worst singer? Uh oh, David Kovacic is tough, yeah. tough to listen to. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sharing a room with him, so I already oh, yeah. knew it before the bus. But then gotcha. listening with a microphone was Oof. was even worse. It so. does not need to be louder. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So if you were maybe gonna sing a karaoke song or like a duet together with somebody, who would you pick to sing that song? David, even though he's the worst yeah. singer, I would still. It pick makes David. you look good. Exactly. That's go. why. That's why I'm probably choosing. <laughs> nah. Also. Um, I'm sharing a room with David. David is my day one buddy here. So we both arrived on the same day. We lived together in the summer. Now we're living both together with uh, Brian and Will. And I especially share a room with them as well. So I think uh, I shared since the 26th of June, I shared every night with him. Wow. Like, That's cute. The same room. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we really connect. We really, he's a guy who's easy to get along with. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a great friend and uh, I would pick him for, for my duet partner. That I'd like to <laughs> see that. We maybe we should make that happen yeah. sometime. Um so you you've traveled to a lot of pl- well, a lot of places it sounds like just from the few that we've talked about. What what would you say is maybe the most interesting place you've ever traveled? Um just in the US or in general? Uh, anywhere. Anywhere in the world. Um so I really enjoy the Scandinavian countries. So just from my childhood experiences my parents always went to or when they were younger my parents always went to uh, Denmark. Um, and lived in a house there close to a beach and just had a like kind of relaxing vacation mm-hmm. um, and I always enjoyed that as well so when when I was a child we we went there every year and uh, I didn't have the, cho- the chance now to go to Denmark for the last five or six years because it was always soccer yeah we were always in season during the fall so mm-hmm. uh, they traveled by themselves or with my sister so I had to you know stay at home alone and focus on my soccer <laughs> um, but yeah that's that was always a vacation that I really enjoyed like We'll probably then go with Denmark. Denmark, yeah. very cool. I, I has yet to make my list. I've actually never been out of the country, so I need to work. Never. Oh, okay. Never, That's interesting. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's bad. It's definitely worth a visit. It's uh, it's a beautiful country. Yeah. The mo- the most I've traveled was to Santa Barbara for the national championship last <laughs> year. So. Okay. Um, what is your major here? Or do, um, you, do you have one yet? Yeah, I okay. have one. The most freshmen are undecided, but I'm uh, I'm taking kinesiology. Wow. Maybe moving to sport psychology because. Even though I took kinesis, I was always interested in the sport psychology perspective because I think goalkeeping is something that is um, not easy. Like mentally, it's not easy. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a big challenge. Um, but I like that. I like that challenge. I like, you know, to prepare your mind for, for the for the challenge. Um, so, yeah, I'm a kinesis major right now. Maybe, uh, as I said, go to sport, sport psychology. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I like to do because after soccer, um, I still want to, you know, stay in the in the soccer field want to be a be a coach a goalkeeper coach mm-hmm. and therefore i think sport psychology or um exercise science can help me the most so do you before a game do you have any pre-game rituals or anything you have to do before yeah. what, what um, is that so there are a couple of minor details like yeah. i always put my left shoe on then my right shoe my left glove then my right glove um 
and then before the game starts, like before we start to warm up, as like right after we arrive here, mm -hmm. I always start on the left side of the 18-yard box, then walk all the way of the 18-yard box, mm -hmm. um, and then go to the goal, go to the left post, go to the right post, touch the crossbar, and then I'm ready to go. That's great, and because you're like I told you before, you're the first goalkeeper we've had on, and I feel like goalkeepers always have those more so than field yeah. players. They always have those little things just to get them in the right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think it g gets you a lot of confidence because you do that one day and you have a good performance, you have a good game, and then you can kind of rely on that if you do it again. Okay, I'm gonna have a good game again tonight. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah, it can it can help a lot. I actually never really thought about that, and then my old goalkeeper coach, um. Yeah, talk to me about that and talk that it always helped uh, a lot of goalkeepers before. So, yeah, I just tried it tried it out. So that's something I just discovered recently for me as well. It's not that I'm doing all those mm -hmm. things now for four or five years. So it's just pretty recently. Huh, yeah. that's interesting. Well, it's working. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so who would you, back to kind of the, the who has who's the best, who's the worst, who would you say on the team has the best hair? The best hair? Yeah. Mm. And ha day, well, well hang on. So when when you first committed, I was texting Taylor. I don't know if he remembers this, um, but I I asked him about you because I was I I had like seen I think Brian posted something on a story when you hear whatever, and so I was like, oh like what do you know about this this Nicholas guy? And I think the first thing he said to me is great head of hair on that kid. <laughs> and that was that was that was, the, that was the first thing he said. Yeah. Um, and you. so so I know I know at the beginning of the season it may not be there, um, but. But who would you say has the has the best hair on the team? Um, I'll probably go with Brian Padilla. Yeah. I like the haircut of Brian. Um, I always like it of Will as well. So mm. I have to back up my roomies here. <laughs> but uh, nah, I think Brian's hair is pretty pretty nice. He got a, especially when he put some wax on it. He looks he looks good with that haircut. I like it. A little bit of product in there. Yeah. Um. So, and I know as a freshman, it's a little it's a little different because you've only been exposed to so many guys. But who would you say is maybe the messiest either locker? apartment uh <laughs> car whatever i have a feeling it's going to be one of your roommates but it, it can be anybody <laughs> on the team um yeah i think i have to go with my one of my roomies over there i think will got a pretty messy lockup he's not too messy at home i don't have to like okay. i don't have to say that we uh, he's pretty clean as like i think the apartment in general is not it's not too worse so if my parents would would uh would see that apartment <laughs> they would not flip out so yeah. uh, that's the goal always um <laughs> So yeah, but like I think the lock of will is pretty messy. Yeah, yeah. I have to say that. Um, who who do you think is maybe um, the most likely to kind of oversleep or show up late to something or um, <laughs> crack? Okay, he's the one that everybody. Did you know that everybody said him? Okay, okay, because you started laughing right <laughs> away. No, I I just knew that like crack is made for that answer. Like crack <laughs> is made for that question. He he's the guy. Even though he's not even like he's not even always coming late, yeah. But he just got he that. Just has the image. Yeah, now. exactly. It, it, it's stuck with him. Yeah, and he's just like when he shows up, he's just like, I can't even describe it. He, he's <laughs> just he could be like, he always looks if he would be late, even though he's probably like early or something. Oh, yeah, but so he, he always he looks just gives off that yeah. that kind of thing. Gotcha. Do you, okay, so are do you know or are you part of the Fola is overrated kind of thing? Nah. No. Nah, okay, so I'm you not, have no idea. Nah, okay, I don't good because I, I so, yeah. Apparently, I think that's a Craig thing. Like when they play each other in FIFA, he likes to say that Fola is overrated and it makes Fola mad. <laughs> I, I don't know. You maybe you can bring that up. Uh, I have to I have to experience um, that. Maybe I have to play Fola and FIFA pretty soon. Well, okay, so that was actually going to be my next question video games are a big talking point on the team um so we'll, we'll start with fifa mm. well do you play fortnite at all uh i played a little bit in germany but okay. right now i'm not playing that much okay yeah so that's fine so we, we don't yeah. have to touch on that but fifa um 
Who is the best that you've played against on the team? Who is the worst? And are you any good? I'm definitely a good FIFA player. Okay. Um, I'm, I would say that. Um, I have to say I only played um, on my recruiting visit. I played Vinny. Okay, he's not yeah. not even a longer part of the team. Mm -hmm. And then I have played David, William, and Brian. First of all, David is a is a horrible <laughs> is a horrible FIFA player. So uh, he's not really a challenge. Uh huh. Um, Will is okay. You know, Will is a like more of that tricky guy. Mm -hmm. who, you know, right stick all the yeah, time. Yeah, all the plays moves. with Neymar and just. <laughs> There's some some stuff like that. Brian is actually pretty good. It's always a big challenge with Brian. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for a couple of weeks he was the champion of the apartment. <laughs> so you know it's when you lose in FIFA and then you sit up with all those guys on the couch. <laughs> he's just bullying you and bullying you. And so I, I couldn't take that anymore. So I had to finally be the champion in the in the apartment. So I won a couple of times now over Brian. So I'm I'm in a good place now. Very nice. What's your go-to team? Who do you like to play as? Um, Liverpool. Liverpool. I'm a big fan of Liverpool. Very nice. I have to play Donovan Pine soon. He's living in our apartment as well, and okay. we hang out with him a lot as well. And uh, he seems to be a pretty good FIFA player as well. He beat Brian a couple of times, so wow. it should be a, should be a good opponent. It needs to be like a team-wide tournament. Yeah, so everybody I, I'm, find out who's I'm the best. all about that. Fantastic. Yeah. We'll, we, we'll get, yeah, we'll get we, Taylor on yeah, that. We get it. We get on that. <laughs> um, so just, just to kind of round it out, because I've actually kept you for a very long time, because we have a lot of good things to talk about. All but um, So when you are here in the United States, what do you miss the most about being back home in Germany? Mm, definitely my family. Yeah, yeah, I would go with my family. It's um, even though I'm used to it because I left my family behind when I was 14 to to go to their boarding school. So mm -hmm. when like back then I've seen them like every two weeks, but now it's like a longer time. Um, they actually visit me a couple of weeks ago, so I've seen them. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely. It make the guys make it a lot of easier, a lot easier because mm -hmm. they're always around me and they're like really my my new family to say so. Um, but yeah, just like after after a good win, you just want to share, you know, your happiness with your with your close relates, like your family, my mm -hmm. grandma, my sister, all those people. So it's sometimes sad when you know you play a good game that they cannot really see it and like mm -hmm. that uh, they are just not like in the you know in the in the country, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy I'm going to go home on the 21st of December, so I'm going to see them soon. And um, I'm not a, not a person who's, like, really homesick or something, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm in a good place. But, yeah, it would be, would be nice to, to have them over here for sure. Yeah. And I'd always take a, a nice German schnitzel. I haven't had one in a <laughs> while, so. There you go. And so I always, after that, I typically ask, when you're home in Germany, what do you miss the most about the United States? But you haven't been back yet, have you? But it's you? definitely going to be the guys. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure, like uh, – even when I'm, I think it's kind of going to be a little bit boring when I'm home mm -hmm. because uh, I know you got your family, you got your old hometown friends, and it's going to be definitely fun. Uh, but you just have to say that my my life is here now. Mm -hmm. um, my 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 close friends are over here, my soccer is over here, all that things. So uh, yeah, I'm just gonna miss my teammates. I think that's that's all about it. Like especially my my roommates um, and my teammates, definitely. And so last thing. Um, this is going to come out tomorrow on Friday. We're recording it on Thursday. Today's Thursday, right? Today's mm. Thursday, which is Halloween. Oh, and yeah. So this is the first Halloween you have ever experienced. Exactly. So we have Halloween in Germany as well, but it's not even close to be that kind what of it, What is it like in Germany? Uh, like little children go um, from door to door. I think it's called trick or treat. Yes. Right? You nailed to, it. To grab some snacks. Yep. Um, so they just went from door to door. But like... When you're like 12 or 13, so kind of 
going to be an adult. Yeah. Um, you don't do that anymore. And then there's nothing really to do. Really? Like, not even a party or something. So nothing. you just completely age out of it. And yeah. You're just too old. Yeah. Wow. And you're just, you know, you just see all those little kids grabbing candy and you're <laughs> just there having no candy. You have Aww. to buy it by yourself. That's a Tough shame. Tough time. So, yeah, it's, I'm actually really ex- exciting how it's going to be mm-hmm. because I went to class this morning and, like, so many people already <laughs> wear their costumes in class. I was like, wow, it's it's really a big deal over here. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. And so before we reveal what your costume is, yep. um, are any of the guys in the apartment going as anything? Do it, we'll, we'll uh, David goes as a twister, like the, the game. Oh, the game, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I know. Uh, unfortunately, Brian can't really, can yeah. really go out because uh, he's still on his crunches, right? Crutches, yeah. Crutches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what Will is going to wear. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure he, you know, he's like to surprise us. Okay, so real quick, because one thing I want to ask you, Will's fashion sense, what, <laughs> what he wears, break that down for me, because I have not had a chance to ask him about that yet, but what yeah. are your thoughts on that? I like it. You like it? Yeah, okay. I like it. I think uh, he, got a, he got a good swag. <laughs> he got some nice <laughs> nice shoes, some nice stuff that he's wearing. I can kind of, um, yeah, we talk a lot about all that because I'm interested in that as well, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's definitely the, the European swag. And yeah. like people from Paris are known for being like dressed up really nice. Mm-hmm. So he definitely fits into that stigma. Would you be able to pull off any of the stuff he wears? Would you be able now, to now we always talk about that. He always says that i like he likes my clothes I'm wearing uh-huh. and I'm always saying I like the clothes he's wearing. Interesting. But we are like two different types and I think I couldn't pull off the clothes he is wearing and he couldn't pull off the clothes I'm wearing. So interesting. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Okay. And so now last thing, I feel like I've said that like five times. But what are you going for Halloween as your first experience here in the United States? Rocky Balboa. Very nice. Yep. So, uh, what was the thought process there? What? Why? Why did you choose Rocky? Um, I like. It. I always like the movies, mm-hmm. and I think it's a it's a good fit. Yeah. Um, it's not. Too, it's gonna be a little bit colder later, so yeah. therefore I'm good. I like the I like the boxing pants <laughs> and got the gloves on and all that. So that's gonna be it's gonna be fun I'm, I'm really excited for for the day i think it's gonna be a fun day that's great well nicholas thank you so much for taking the time to I sit appreciate down with that. me thank you it was fun to be here you're listening to the ludwig lowdown with brendan hartlove and tom hindle so once again we'd like to thank nicholas neumann for sitting down with me and i'm saying his name that way because that's what i'm going off of again this interview is not taking place yet so i don't know <laughs> the correct way to pronounce his name so if it is insert it here I'm kidding. I'm not actually going to go back and edit that. But um, so (laughs) anyways, uh, thank you again to Nicholas, um, who I'm sure will have very interesting things to talk about. Um, And so now we'll kind of talk about the preview, the final regular season game for Maryland in in 2019. It is 2019. Um, it's been a when you're so stressed you can't even remember what year yeah. it is. I literally I woke up this morning and as I was walking to class I was like, I, this might make a good tweet. I didn't tweet it, but I was like, you know what I'm going for for Halloween this year? Going as for Halloween this year? What? A stressed out college journalist. Well, there you go. That's I you. put I put a lot of work into this. So, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so game against Michigan on Sunday. It will be myself and Ben Curtis on the call for that one. BTN? No. WMC because the I, uh, this game will be on a network to not be named because we want you to listen on WMUC. There we go. That's yeah. huge. So um, now it will be on. Uh, don't say. I'm going to no. because no, and there's a reason because some people, smart people, like to mute the television and li- like line up our uh, WMUC broadcast with the television. So you're watching the game, but you're hearing our lovely. Is that what your dad does? Yeah. <laughs> 
It is. And 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 my my aunt and other people. It's I mean, not outside of my family. Yeah, but you could do it if you wanted to. That, why didn't you have to, you know. Um anyway, so yeah, dad, thanks for doing that because I know I know you'll listen to this too. Um so where were we? My yeah, parents okay. Never listened. Sorry, Michigan. <laughs> now this is going to be a therapy podcast. <laughs> Tell us your feelings, Tom. No, I'm kidding. I don't care about your feelings. Um, I'm, you know I'm joking, and I hope everybody else does, too. I, I don't know if the sarcasm and, like, the – I don't know if the, the dynamic between the two of us always comes through in these kinds of things. Eh. Who cares? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anyway, game Sunday against Michigan. It will be on ESPNU, but it will also be on WMUC Sports Radio, um, and it's the last game of the season, so – um, not the last, the last regular season game. There's a lot on the line. Um, so we're really going to be putting a lot into that, Ben and myself. Yeah. And I always love calling games with Ben. Um, nothing against Malfa. Disclaimer. Mm. I just, I, Malfa, if you listen to this podcast, you know Malfa and I love each other. Sure. So, um, not like that. Um, <laughs> so Ben and I will have the call. I'm so sorry. Ben and I will have the call on Sunday, game at 3 o'clock against Michigan, what I'm calling decision day. Because all Big Ten teams, except for Northwestern, uh, will be playing on Sunday, and lots of tournament implications for Absolutely. the conference tournament are uh, at at stake at play. And so there's, it's going to be a very interesting game. You have a lot of interesting games being played yeah. on Sunday, and I mean, uh, you and I were talking before this when we tried to, or I tried to do the math on all the Big Ten standings and. If you've listened to this podcast or listened to a broadcast, you know math is not my strong suit. So I did my best, and you checked my math, and it all seems to work out. We'll get into the scenarios later. But when we looked at kind of the the ifs, if this, then that's of the other games, the other games are fantastic. So you have Michigan at Maryland. You have Indiana at Michigan State, which right. actually will be a very interesting game. You have Wisconsin at Ohio State, which is two, yeah. the two bottom teams in the Big Ten. Um, and then you also have Penn State at Rutgers. And so there's a lot on the line, especially with how tight the um, table has been this year. Yeah. So we'll now kind of turn our attention towards Michigan, Maryland's opponent, on Sunday. And that is going to be a fascinating matchup. And it, it for some reason, I don't know the, the history on this, um, but it feels like to me, for someone who's watched Maryland soccer for a long time, right? I feel like the last regular season game is always against Michigan for some reason. I don't know if I'm right in that, but I feel like I remember several times that being the last hefty coincidence. It very well could be. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it is the last game of the regular season. If I haven't said that 20 times by now, and so when we look at Michigan, they come in having done pretty well this year, eight yeah. four and four. They're three one and three in conference, but eight one and four or eight four and four, excuse me, overall. Um, they are six three and two at home, two one and two on the road. So two wins on the road, not not easy to come by. Exactly. So only the one loss. They they've survived for 110 minutes twice on the road this year. That's big. Um, and let's see. So one was at Omaha. Meh. No offense to Omaha. Um, and then if I'm looking at the, the other one was at Penn State. Which Maryland could not do. Am I reading that wrong? It's a double overtime tie. That's what I'm talking about. They survived 110 minutes sorry, sorry, on the road. Sorry, sorry, it's okay. Yeah, so that that is a pretty decent result, too. And that's end of September, and that's kind of when Penn State was playing quite well. Absolutely. Um, so they, they've, had some, they've had some recent results as well. They won at Notre Dame, one nothing in South Bend. Then a 1-1 overtime draw against Wisconsin. 
And then a 2 nothing win over Michigan State last time out on Tuesday. Big game. Big game, which was big the game, one that came win. on right after the Maryland game. Yeah. I know I was confused because when Maryland went to overtime and I was trying to get that, it switched over and I couldn't get it back for a little bit. I was panicking in class trying to get the, <laughs> get the right stream. Um, so I was a little bit mad at them in that moment. But anyway, um, so they, they have some decent results. They come in with a decent record. Yeah. And they're a team that scored 24 goals this season, only conceded 12. And we, we kind of bring that up each time when we preview a team because it gives you a sense of how prolific their offense is yeah. and how strong their defense can be. Well, you're looking at a team with not the most prolific offense, to yeah. be honest. I mean, um, Naboz, Naboz, Naboja, Naboja. Naboja, uh, Popovich? Yeah, Popovich. Yes. I mean, You don't have to pronounce their names. Oh, I, I, have, I have to learn how to pronounce fantastic. their names. Fantastic. He scored 10, including three game-winning goals, which yes. is pretty remarkable to be honest so if you had to identify a danger man that's going to be him but otherwise you're, you're, you're looking at a team that doesn't have too many kind of goal scorers correct i say that in a sense of you know everyone can nab one every now and then yeah but um in terms of prolific goal scorers you've maybe just got the one there in popovich but the but the the defensive stats are what stand out to me and you talk about surviving games on the road. You talk about going to Penn State and not conceding, which is obviously something Maryland couldn't do. You talk about going to Indiana and only losing 1-0 in what appeared to be a really kind of grind-it-out game there. Yeah. They're, they're a good defensive team. They're not They're not going to be afraid to just hunker down and then try and try and nab one. Mm-hmm. I mean, a 1-0 Michigan, Michigan win could well be on the cards here. Yeah. So you're obviously not playing a, a prolific team but you're going to be playing a really organized and solid one. Yeah, and I, I'm i trying to remember which game. I think it was before the Ohio State game when Joe and I were talking. I said, I have no idea what to expect from this team. And I, I kind of felt like I, I knew the result. I thought Maryland would come away with the win, but I didn't know how Ohio State would play in that game. I feel like it's kind of the opposite now. I know a little bit more about how Michigan State or Michigan, excuse me, will play. Um, but I don't know the result. Yeah. I, I could really see it going either way. I could see Maryland getting a 2 nothing win. I could see them scoring early and, again, very similar to kind of at Ohio State. and Or I could see them conceding and not being able to get that back. Or we could be there for 110 minutes and I could see this being a draw. It, yeah. it, it feels like it's going to be a pretty evenly matched game. So with that, what are said implications, Brendan? So, yes, that's a very good uh, way to transition and – uh, when you and I talked before, we the way we wanted to do this was not ramble on and give you a bunch of things very back to back to back because that's so confusing. And, and there are so many different exactly parameters. And so we're going to give you kind of what we think is the the most likely scenarios, sure. and I think that's best. And we'll break them down and kind of talk about each of them. So the Big Ten standings as it stands: Indiana leads the conference with 18 points, Penn State in second with 16, Michigan at 12, Northwestern and Maryland tied at 11. Northwestern has the tiebreaker because they beat Maryland, Michigan State at 10, and then a significant drop-off, Rutgers and Ohio State tied at four, Wisconsin with three. I already gave you the matchups that will be happening. So scenario number one, if Maryland wins, which we agreed if Maryland wins, they kind of control their own fate. Yes. And so – Not like kind of, they do. They do. If Maryland wins, if Indiana wins, and I'm trying to figure out which of these results were actually relevant. I think the Penn State, Indiana, Penn State are the only two uh, that matter. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio State, Wisconsin is not going to change anything for Maryland. No, correct, or anyone for that matter. Yes, it's just kind of a battle at the bottom. Yeah. Um. So if Maryland wins, and if Indiana wins, 
Terps are chilling. Terps are chilling in the number three seed in the Big Ten tournament. The top four seeds host. Yeah. So you would get that game in College Park, and then, as we've mentioned, these semifinals and finals are played in College Park regardless of if Maryland's there Absolutely. or not. Absolutely. And so that's important. They, I think they can finish as high as third or finish as low as sixth. Right. And so how could they finish sixth then? If, for them to finish sixth, I think, is scenario three. And that's if Maryland loses and if Michigan State wins. Because if Michigan State wins, they have 13 points. Uh, they move up to 13 points. Maryland stays at 11. And then loses which would the tiebreaker. Loses the tiebreaker to Northwestern, which bumps them down to sixth. So you get the sixth seed you're not hosting. Right. And uh, so there was another one, and I don't have it written down, so I don't want to get into it too much. But if Maryland ties Michigan, that puts them at four. Uh, you guys are listening to me do math on the spot, so enjoy it. Okay. Basically, um, basically a win and you host with the three seed, likely. Yes. A draw and you still host with the four seed, likely. A loss, and you don't host, and you drop all the way to the six. So if if Maryland draws, that moves them up to 12 points. Michigan stays ahead of them with 13. Winning you host, yeah. drawing you host, losing you don't. Because you'd, you'd lose the tiebreaker with Northwestern anyway. But if Michigan State wins and Maryland draws, they may not host. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So you need you need a result. Yes, you need, you need a, a result. You need and that's at least be, a point. Yes. At least a point to host. Yes, and that's gonna be difficult for Maryland because Michigan is a very strong team. But if we see an Ohio State like performance, they have a pretty good chance of getting out of there with the result. If we see a second half, a a a thirty five minute on performance against Penn State, Maryland will probably not get that result. Yeah. And so when they're going up against Michigan, because we're trying to wrap this up, what are the, what does Maryland have to do in that game tactically to get that result? Well, first of all, play aggressive, start fast. This team has never been. I mean, you've you've seen you've seen good, well, in fact, excellent defensive Maryland teams. Yes. But this this team doesn't function by by parking the bus. Yeah. So so Maryland needs they need to start quickly. You need to you need to push up. You need to press. And um and hit 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 quickly hit on the break. Yep. Make make life difficult for this Michigan team because you can't have another team coming to Ludwig Field and playing with confidence. Yes. So, I'd look for Maryland to to play aggressive, to press high, and then just be just be decisive at the back. Yes. It's really important that you you keep your head. No, you know, not too many mistakes. You mm-hmm. clear the ball when you have to, and then you just pile numbers forward. And if you get on the board early, be pragmatic. Yep. Nothing wrong with a little gamesmanship. Yeah. Nothing wrong with just keeping the ball a bit. Yep. But an early goal is crucial. Yes. And so Maryland plays Michigan on Sunday exactly a week from then. On the 10th will be those quarterfinal games, which will be Maryland's first game in the Big Big Ten tournament. Um, and to kind of transition, the 10th, that Sunday, is also MLS Cup final. And just to kind of do our quick pro Terps type of thing, not exactly an attractive final that you would have wanted uh, when you had so many uh, – High-profile teams like LAFC, but you have a Seattle-Toronto final that will be played in Seattle, so a great environment. And that Toronto team, as we've talked about several times this season, Top Nation. Terp Nation. They have Omar Gonzalez, Patrick Mullen, Subasa Endo, all of which are pretty key parts sure. in varying 
variety. That doesn't make sense. Varying but roles. Varying roles, varying, varying playing time. Um, but they are still important to that team. So um, I can't remember the exact time. We don't know the game times for Maryland in the Big Ten tournament yet, obviously. But um, hopefully it won't overlap with MLS Cup final. So you'll get double turf action on, on that Sunday. That'd be so, brilliant. Uh, so I think that will do it. Tom, again, thank you for your time. Real quick. Sure. Prediction for the MLS Cup final. Uh, Toronto to Seattle one. Seattle three, Toronto one. Interesting. I mine is obviously fueled with some bias, um, although maybe not because of the spite I have for them beating DC United so badly earlier on. Oh, there you go. Four in overtime. So I don't know. I, w- I want a tie. A tie. Can we have that? Can we have that in an MLS <laughs> Cup final? Can we have a tie? Yes, I'm sure you can. Everybody wins. Both teams just have fun. <laughs> um, so, anyways, now that will do it for the tenth. And I so tenth, a little bit of a milestone. Tom, I want to thank you. Thank you so much. Because it's it's been great. We're through ten. We hopefully have many more. I want to thank Malfa, who's not here. Ben Curtis. Uh, this is not me accepting an award or anything. I just it's it's kind of it, we've gotten to this point. It, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's, it's nice. kind of special. So, like, thank Sasho. I uh, like thank the team Taylor Smythe, their SID, who was w- without him, this would not have been possible. Um, and everybody else at WMUC, and everybody that's listened and actually stuck with us through ten episodes of this <laughs> nonsense, really. <laughs> um, and so, yes, it's been so much fun. I love doing it, and hope to continue doing it. And so, there's my little tenth episode. Spiel. Aw, all right. Cheers, so, everyone. Yes. Thank so you, Brandon. That, that that does it for the tenth episode of the Ludwig Lowdown, our Maryland men's soccer podcast here on WMUC Sports Radio. Your chirps, your station. Thanks for listening to the Ludwig Lowdown. We hope to have you right back here for the next edition with your hosts Brendan Hartlove and Tom Hindle. Thanks, everybody, and go Terps.